Hello and welcome to another episode of the Boink Radio Podcast here on the Boink Network Discord server. Today is November 27th and it is episode 43. But wait, you ask, where is episode 42? Well, if you weren't here, you didn't get it. Because we had some recording problems. But it's perfect that it happened on episode 42. Because that's life, the universe and everything, you know? It's just it's what happens. Uh, we are very excited to be wrapping up the first full year of Boink Network Podcasts. What a year it's been. And today we look back on all of those moments. Delta made us laugh because he's not here. And, ah, man, we can't do that. I wish I had actually put that together. That would be a really fun episode. <laughs> today we're talking about incentivized crunching. Uh, because next week we're going to be joined from uh, joined by some folks at a startup called Leyline. Uh, that is looking to do some interesting stuff involving gaming and Boink, uh, integrating the two, and some minor incentivization having to do with uh, gift cards and whatnot. So stick around for a whole week, or just leave and come back next week <laughs> to, to uh, tune in to that discussion. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to it. should be a good time. Uh, but today, I figured we'd uh, breach the, the the subject by just talking about incentivized crunching, how it's been attempted in the past, how it's currently being attempted, and kind of get uh, some opinions on it here from the good folks in the chat. Because you could join us every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern to talk about whatever we're talking about. You can join with your mic or in the text chat. Either will do. And before we get into the news, and we're going to catch you up on last week's news as well. So we got two weeks of news this week. Uh, buckle your seatbelts. Um, we got to do Delta proud and tell them what we're drinking. And I am ashamed to say it's simple water for me today. <laughs> Nothing very exciting. I'm going to preempt the Riesling. We've got some price spiced rum. Um, we've got some tea. I know someone went to go get some tea. Uh, Koshi confirms there is Riesling. Uh, I know that Jim just went to go get something. I'm going to assume it is tea. Uh, Crunchy Haggis is, uh, sucking down some minty toothpaste as they just brush their teeth. (laughs) That is not for drinking, my friend, but I like your enthusiasm. Uh, nobody, nobody is also, uh, eating toothpaste right now. (laughs) So, uh... That is what we've got. Throw them in as you mix your beverages up. Anyway, let's get to the news, huh? We got a lot of World Community Grid. Uh, let's just do that all at once. We got it coming from three projects. Let's start with Open Pandemics. They're a project that is seeking to establish some um, some foundations for future pandemics while also working on COVID-19. Uh, they have identified 70 compounds for experimental testing with their laboratory collaborators. They are working with the chemical vendor Anamine, I'm going to guess, uh, to order these compounds. So that means they've, they went from like millions of different potential compounds to help fight COVID down to 70. They're going to go test in the lab. They're getting the chemicals, uh, but that can take a couple months. It's a process. It's nice to, to have updates actually about this because it's, it's going from sort of foundational research-ish to translation. So you get to watch that whole process play out. And uh, this is the work unit I crunched, and now I'm going to get to watch that turn into an actual thing. Or not. Maybe, you know, you go into these lab, but I, and it doesn't pan out, but I get to watch that process happen. Because even failure is science. Hey, what do you think about that? But the project is still going. Um they have 7,000 batches ready for download. This is from November 17th. Uh, they have 4,000 batches in pod- progress, over 15,700 batches completed, and an average of 119 batches per day. Uh, and they had last week a backlog for 60.9 days. It's a lot of work. It's a very active project because everyone can relate to COVID-19, and it's wonderful to see it. Not COVID-19, but people getting into science because they feel like they can contribute to something that affects them personally. It's wonderful. It's, it's, I love, personally, I love watching people just explore getting into science because it's a way to explore the universe or math or whatever. But getting into it because it's something that affects you personally is just a good reason. 
Um, they also mentioned that their GPU work units for this project have been through a technical review and uh, an open source review, and they're now undergoing a security review. So this is also fun to watch, this process of um, World Community Grid really doesn't have GPU work units for a lot of stuff. So they're developing, developing a GPU application for their um, Open Pandemics project because it's such a popular project and everyone has a, a video processor who works in Boink or works with Boink essentially because we're all gamers at heart or in reality. And uh, so watching them take an application that was really only CPU and develop it into a GPU application is pretty uh, interesting as well because at the end of the day, all of this is just code and we're watching it happen. Oh man, what just happened in the chat? Why is Batman slapping Robin? It's the night of Riesling. Every night is the night of Riesling. <laughs> is that actually a comic or is that uh, a meme? Sure. <laughs> awesome. Vogue has put a picture of uh, some tea that looks like passion fruit tea or something in there. Uh, and Spooderman also mentions that he's having some tea. <laughs> so uh, He says, no, it's not passion fruit. It's just a bad camera. Noted. Uh, anyway, that is Open Pandemics news. Next out of World Community Grid is Smash Childhood Cancer, the project seeking to smash childhood cancer. Uh, they... Uh, have nearly completed uh, all the work units for their next target. This is from November 19th. After completing all these work units, which they may have already, they are going to pause work on this project and determine the next area of focus. This is also interesting to have updates on because we get to watch, again, the project go from, we're looking for one thing, we found that thing, now we need to figure out what we want to do next. Maybe they're going to use the data that we've already crunched uh, to determine what they do next. Maybe someone on the team just has this idea that they want to go with and they need to develop a new application. It's going to be a completely new sort of path we're going to go down. Uh, I think it was this project uh, that was dealing with sarcoma. And uh, recently they decided, hey, we found uh, we found a way to get even more specific in our search for these uh, markers for sarcoma. Uh, and we're going to release this application that helps us get even more specific with the results. So maybe something like that's going to happen. Uh, who knows? It's very uh, exciting to watch projects evolve over time like this. So congratulations to everyone uh, on the Smash Childhood Cancer team on reaching uh, the completion of their targets, reaching this milestone. And congratulations to everyone crunching the project, uh, World Community Grid, and contributing to Smash Childhood Smash Childhood Cancer. Because without you, none of this work would be possible. Uh, it is quite a milestone to be moving on here with more World Community Grid. This is coming from Mapping Cancer Markers. Uh, this is coming from November 21st. <laughs> That's a new date, November 21st. <laughs> November 24th. Uh, they say that the researchers are finishing a paper on their lung cancer findings and are continuing uh, work on new workiness for sarcoma. So maybe this is the project I was talking about where they decided to get more specific with the sarcoma markers. Um, I think the other one they're de dealing with um, a marker or a protein called E-wing or something like that that has to do with sarcoma. But moral of the story, I suppose, World Community Grid does a lot of biomedical projects, uh, a lot of them having to do with cancer and sarcoma. <laughs> so uh the researchers uh have been working on this lung cancer uh paper for some time now uh, and they're collaborating with folks in the clinical space to help flesh out the paper and they're close to a final draft i'm looking forward to seeing that paper and perhaps a boink shout out in the credits uh and all the crunchers who helped with uh those work units uh before they had the sarcoma working uh and this project has on uh, November 21st, <laughs> 872 batches available for download, over 67,000 completed on an average of 30.3 batches a day with a backlog of 28 days. So plenty of work still remaining on that one. Go ahead and crunch it. Jumping back into the chat. Hello, Flaming Wrangler. Where's the cat with the egg? I ask, impatiently tapping my feet. <laughs> Moving on with the news. Uh, coming out of SR Base, a math project. Um, so I will say this and wait to be corrected next week when Delta returns. Uh, so on the 23rd of October, a user Kaisu found the last prime for base R236. That prime number is 78 times 236 to parentheses. 402022 minus 1, end parenthesis. I think that's correct. 
And then also, for fun, negative one. Uh, it has 953,965 digits and has entered Chris Caldwell's big old books of primes. Congratulations to Kaisu and SR Base finding some more big numbers. Up next, coming from MLC at Home, the newer project working on machine learning. Uh, they have they're they're still actually getting applications out. They're trying to get support for as many uh, hardware configurations as possible. Uh, they have new Linux GPU support for both CUDA and Rock M. I am an idiot and don't know what that means. I know CUDA, but I don't know what Rock M is. Uh, they are also working on some other applications with more hardware. Uh, their DS1 and DS2 uh, uh, portions of their project are continuing towards completion uh, with only parity and 8-bit work units left. Their DS3 progress is approaching milestone 2 uh, with over with with 100,000 DS3 networks trained. Trained. That is a lot of um, neural networks. Damn. Keep it up, guys. Uh, they they do say that's going to help with their ongoing analysis, and it is nice to see. They're very excited to see all this progress. Um, this is definitely a project that uh, talks back to the community uh, and loves what they're doing and loves what Point has uh, allowed them to do, really, with all this computation power. Uh, they've also started writing a data set paper uh, this week and hope to be uh, preparing data set four as well shortly. Uh, they have 28,000 tasks ready to progress, ready to process. Ooh, this is going to be a night, guys. I can feel it. 19,000 tasks in, progr in progress. <laughs> they have uh, 1,200 users with credit on their project, uh, and that's... That's interesting. Wait, that's a lot of people. With uh, 2,000 hosts, 2,100 hosts. Uh, that's almost two computers a person. Damn, guys. it's a lot. And they are pumping out 36,000 gig flops. Very, very fun. Very fun. All right. Awesome. Thank you, Machine uh, MLC at Home, for the news updates. Love having news. Um, thank you, guys, for informing me on what Rock M is. Uh, you're saying words that I still don't know. <laughs> Radeon Open Compute and AMD OpenCL. I know what that is. So if they're the same thing, gotcha. They're working for AMD <laughs> to get AMD working. Uh, moving on with the news. Moving on with the news. We're going to go to Prime Grid. Uh, this news is coming from November 25th. They found another Prime. Woo! I think last week in the lost recording, uh, someone asked the question, uh, isn't every Prime they find the next biggest Prime? And I will channel Delta here and say, well, no, it depends on what the set is that they're working with. Sometimes it might be, but other times if they're doing a specific set of numbers, they might find a prime that's not the largest prime. It's just a different type of prime. Um, for more information, join us next week, maybe. <laughs> this most recent mega prime is 3,395,865 digits long, and it too will enter Chris Cadwell's big old book of primes. Uh, only... Oh, this is a special prime. This has to do with uh, SR bases. So uh, this is an SR prime. This is an example of not the next biggest prime, but uh, the, I can't pronounce them. The something reasonable problem, they're, they're, you have to figure out which numbers don't do something. And there's a certain number of them that they're trying to find. And there's only 48 of those numbers now remaining. And Prime Grid has eliminated 16 of them before this. So... Uh, well, 15 before this. This is their 16th elimination from the SR-based problem. So very exciting. Very exciting. This discovery was made by Pavel Pavel uh, Atnishev, I apologize, of Russia uh, using an Intel processor on Linux. And it took about three hours and 18 minutes to complete. And this, is, this user is a member of the Ural Federal University team. So congratulations to everyone involved there. What a find. Uh... We've got more news, folks. GPU Grid has updated ways to do donate. <laughs> nope, we're going to go with donate to their project. Uh, they say it's now simpler than it was before. You can go to gpugrid.net for more information. you got to find the donate section. Uh, okay, it's gpugrid.net slash gpugrid underscore donations dot php. Uh, they do ask that you put your username in the field if you want a badge for donating. Uh, this is a great time to point out that many projects are independently run or run by 
uh, underfunded professors and or researchers. So if you do have the means and the desire, go ahead and donate to these projects. Most of them have donate capabilities right on their website. You just got to find the right spot. Uh, it's usually just a header on the main menu. You just click donate and it'll tell you what to do. Some of them even take uh, cryptocurrency known as Gridcoin, which we'll be talking about in a little bit. So we're going to get into incentivized crunching. But first, more news. Uh, oh, this is a sadder news. Uh, unfortunate news and sad news coming from Universe at Home and Asteroids at Home. Uh, Asteroids at Home had a hardware failure and is out of work units. They do not know when they will be up, but you can follow their Twitter for the most recent news. We will try to retweet it from the At Point Network Twitter, but... Uh, to be sure to catch it, follow at Asteroids at Home on Twitter um, for yeah for the most recent news from their project. Uh, follow them in the best of times as well, not just in the worst of times, because I'm sure they get good news out there on their. Uh, and then coming from Universe at Home, the project admin is in the hospital with complications from COVID-19, so there is no work coming out of that project. Uh, and we wish them a speedy recovery and good health. And we look forward to the return and the return of Universe at Home with science. Um, so yeah, if you're crunching those projects, find something else to crunch in the meanwhile while we await for the uh, the triumphant return. I think that is all the news. That is all the news. Oh, I see Delta signing on from Dubbo. Maybe he pops in, gives us a, a quick treat of some Australian candy that he's, he found out there in the wilderness. Maybe not. That said, we will move into the main topic. So, uh, incentivized crunching, eh? We talked about gamification recently, having to do with uh, credits, and that's basically the main tool of gamification. The rest of it is social network sort of stuff, which is really powerful. The social network, um, teams, forums, friends, family, etc., cetera, uh, is very powerful. Uh, in user retention and just uh, enjoyment. Gamification can get people into it, and some people become power users where they just love to watch the score go up. But at the end of the day, uh, the way I like to describe it is uh, there is a certain number of hours that one will play a game before they get bored of the game. Uh, so the things that really keep people in Boink are the social aspects and the... Um, sort of tangible returns, if you will. The stuff that World Community Grid does, the stuff that machine learning MLC at home does. I don't know what the C means off the top of my head, which is why I keep screwing that up. Um, but And the stuff that projects like that do in terms of engagement and telling people the results of the science that they do or the, or the research, uh, that keeps people very engaged because a lot of people are here from the science. But there's also a lot of people in the world um, that don't care about either of those that would contribute if they were rewarded for it, really rewarded for it with uh, money, so to speak. So there's lots of different ways to implement that concept. But before we even talk about those people, let's talk about the people that currently use Boink. Uh, I am curious if anyone here in the chat knows how much money they spend on electricity every year or every month, whatever time frame you want to use, just running Boink hardware. I know there are some folks here who run a lot of stuff, uh, and it can get very expensive. Take a, a minute here and let you guys type out. I've got at least, what is that? Is that some sort of European number? <laughs> is that euros? <laughs> okay. Uh, I've got 50 euros in a month. Uh, I've got, they could estimate, but it's hard. Some are fixed fees. Ooh, circuit breakers. So when you break a, a fuse in a circuit breaker, that's actually really expensive to replace. That's rough. Uh, we got two to three extra pounds a month. Uh, I probably don't want to know is another answer. <laughs> People are yelling at me for not knowing what the symbol for a euro is. Uh, it could be around 15 euro, uh, $700. Uh, Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Uh, two to 300 euro a month. Uh, and then someone brings up what the PCs are. Uh, so like there's the concept of hardware and hardware depreciation. Uh, while Boink is designed, well, while uh, like processors, GPUs or CPUs are designed to run at full power and not damage themselves, still they're not designed to last forever. So just using it does depreciate it over time. Boink does not speed its depreciation one way or another in terms of like, oh no, I'm blowing up my hardware because I'm using it at full blast. No, 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 they're designed to run that way. 
but it is a consideration you must consider. Uh, so a good amount of money. Uh, it would make sense then if there was a way to implement properly an incentivized scheme, an incentivized mechanism, an incentivized protocol or program that most people would be on board with it because really there's no, I'm going to say it and you can, you can burn me later. There's no such thing as volunteer computing. There is, I'm going to pay you and do your science because at the end of the day, it costs me money to run Boink because I have to run my hardware and pay electricity bills and pay uh, cost of hardware depreciation, all of this stuff. Uh, so volunteer computing is a little disingenuous, uh, not intentionally, probably, but uh, it is, is, it's not right. So if I could make that money back, I'm on board immediately as a person who is boinking for uh, the scientific reasons, because I'm here because I like the projects that are presented to me. I want to do space exploration personally, or I want to do climate change research or, or, or modeling, or you know maybe you're connected to a medical project and you want to do that one. Even as that person, it makes sense to me that I want to uh, make some money because even if it's not a profit, it's money back in my pocket that I can then use to pay electricity or even buy another rig and contribute uh, contribute even more or or maybe not buy a new rig go out and get recycled hardware and buy all the gear necessary to set all that up you know just stands and fans and whatnot um that is uh an argument in favor of incentivized country the other side of that is has to do with the title and volunteer computing a lot of people i've read uh arguments from a lot of people where they say incentivization takes the 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 passion out of it we don't want to be paying people to crunch uh, i get it i just really disagree and there's i i can't argue the point <laughs> because uh there is no such thing as volunteer computing uh incentivization brings in more people uh and uh it, it just like doesn't make sense that as soon as there is an incentivized distributed computing platform and there are dozens being built uh any volunteer system is going to disappear because why would I do what costs me money when I could get paid to do? Uh, there is no altruistic system that has uh, succeeded that I know of. If you know of one, please let me know. I'm happy to learn more. Uh, okay, so that's dealing with people that already exist in the network, already contribute to Boink. Uh, now, for people who have never even heard of Boink or maybe come in and leave because they finish playing the game, they get bored of it, uh, and, and they, they're not really engaged with the science new aspect of it. But they like the idea, you know, they're not against it. Uh, incentivization would definitely bring them in because they would get money off of it, um, especially if it was a profit-driven thing. Uh, if it was a near-profit thing, maybe it would bring them in, but if it was profit, it would definitely bring them in. Because like I was saying before, there's a lot of people in the world who aren't evil. Uh, they just operate based on money. And that's the way the world works. <laughs> so if you say you can earn money while doing science, most people will align with that set of values right there. Yeah, I'm, I love science. Science is great. I can also make money. Great. I'll definitely go through the trouble to set this up, learn it, and maybe I'll even contribute to the code base to make it easier for the next person because it just makes sense to tie economics to money or economics to science. Because imagine the world would be, we would live in if economics and science were tied together. Um, open source all the way absolutely it's that that's a more powerful statement than you might uh be intending there because it all comes down to the implementation of this incentivization mechanism i can think of several um and uh, the most common uh thought I, I i think when someone says incentivized crunching is there's a company that gives out money um to crunchers for crunching on their project uh, yeah, that can exist. In fact, I think Charity Engine on Boink does that. Uh, they are a company uh, that makes takes money in and gives money out uh, in based on their own rules. Someone like IBM could possibly incentivize crunching on World Community Grid. Um, that's just an example. I've not read or heard anything about them ever in that, but. Uh, some small project, Yo-Yo, an independent pro project, could uh, just be like, "I'm gonna, I just won the lottery. Here's ten million dollars for crunching on my project, right?" Uh, 
that's one implementation, a centralized distribution. Uh, I will look into that in a second, Sacco. Uh Another example is actually what Leyline is doing, which is, uh, I, I'm looking forward to hearing more next week. Um, they, from my understanding, are, are developing partnerships with different entities, and from that we'll, we'll get uh, rewards that they can give out, give away for uh, to people who do good stuff, distributed computing being one of those uh, sort of realms. Like maybe they can give it away for people who do other good stuff. Uh, that's an interesting thought, interesting concept, basically gift cards, right? Um, SACPOP is bringing up mutual aid. Uh, mutual aid is a voluntary reciprocal exchange of resources and services for mutual benefit. Uh, it's not really incentivized crunching. Incentivized crunching is literally paying someone to crunch. Uh, mutual aid is like the social contract uh, between governments and universities or churches from days of yore. Is that the right phrase? I don't know. Um, let's see. Those are two big ways. A third way is what... Um, he says what he meant was a way of non-monetary volunteer systems surviving and working. Ah, those don't work. <laughs> if you give me an example of a mutual aid system in that context that works and survives, I will look into it. Um, but generally, you, what ends up happening with volunteer systems is you run on a donation system, and then you find one benefactor who just gives you a lot of money, and at the end of the day, you have to do whatever that benefactor wants. So you're no longer running a volunteer system. You're running a, essentially a company at that point. Uh, because as much as we would like to believe that humans are greedless and able to overcome it and are altruistic, well, reality says another thing. And if greed exists, this is the third system, which is uh, based off of cryptocurrency concepts. Wait, don't tune out. What cryptocurrency says is if greed exists, and it does, instead of denying it and saying, no, we're going to beat it, let's accept it and use it as a tool and control it. Uh, and we can do that. So if someone wants to be greedy, let's force them to have to do a good thing in order to get the money that they so desire. So if we can incentivize science or crunching boink from a protocol that's open source and mints its own currency, uh, and in the more crunching you do, the more money you get, uh, great. By all means, try to make as much money as possible because you'll at the end of the day, you'll do more science. And science again, at the end of the day, is the thing that improves the lives of everyone. And that's really what science is about. Uh, it's about exploration, discovery, the thrill, all of that stuff. But in practical terms, it's about improving the lives of people. If science didn't result in translatable products that make life better for people, why would we continue to do it? Uh, there is, again, the exploration, the thrill, all that stuff. But that would be amazing. I would really love humanity if we really only existed for the exploration part of things. But, but really, we explore because when you explore, you discover things. When you discover things, you find new things you can do with whatever you just discovered and, and way to like, you find penicillin, you find Velcro, <laughs> you, you, you find a planet, you find water on a planet and, or on a moon and you were looking for water because, yeah, that's amazing. That's an amazing discovery. But also, it's practical. We need water there because we can't bring it there if we want to go mine it for minerals and resources and become a space-fearing civilization, which, again, isn't just for the exploration. It's because we want to survive. In order to survive, you really should be a space-fearing civilization because what happens to Earth? Or what happens when Earth dies or we kill it, you know? So everything has that, that practical part of it. Um, so... It, that is how cryptocurrency works uh, from an incentivized viewpoint. And I, all cards on the table, I'm a core contributor to Gridcoin's uh, network. Uh, I do podcasts for them. I, I help write some of the non-technical protocols like the voting stuff and, and some of the economics in there and uh, help organize things over there. A lot of people in this Discord actually come from that community uh, because incentivized crunching is very powerful and it brings people in gridcoin brings people into boink because like i can make money and contribute to science <laughs> so they come in and then they end up contributing to boink as well uh so uh i very much believe personally that cryptocurrency is going to solve a lot of problems including computation 
the computation problem of not having enough computa uh, computation in the world for the amount of science we need to do as a civilization, uh, and also highly having highly centralized computational resources, which puts power into hands of a few, um, particularly once we do uh, the Internet of Things uh, and edge computing and all that. We want that to be decentralized or distributed infrastructure. Otherwise, um, whoever runs it is going to control everything. That's too much power for any one person. Uh, you can also, like, it, it shouldn't be a shock for anyone who follows Boink closely. I gave a talk at the Boink workshop in Chicago on cryptocurrency and the decentralized system of science and how we can build a whole incentivized, we can tie science and economics together into this really beautiful ball of um, network theory and game theory and complex systems uh, that will make science more accessible to people. It will encourage in, uh, education across fields. Um, get rid of flat earthers and anti-vaxxers. That's the end goal, right? So I love crypto for many not trying to hide it. That said, maybe incentivized crunching is not the way to go. And I am open to uh, <laughs> thoughts there. Another, I'm trying to, if people don't like incentivized crunching or have questions about it, please put it in the chat so I can bring it into the discussion. It's not very one-sided. Meanwhile, uh, I will highlight that if we want to get large entities into Boink, uh, like universities with computer labs with that are just like f rooms filled with computers that are shut off all night, uh, why not use those for Boink, right? That costs a lot of money. Uh, a, a university would be, or an entity, uh, any anyone would be more on board if they were compensated for that energy that they direct towards science. Think of server farms where there's server space that's not being used for a lot of the time until someone rents it. All of that could be going to Boink, could be going to science right now. But why would a company whose bottom line is profit do that? They're greedy. They're going to do whatever makes them the most money. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you can be too greedy for sure, but that's just the way it operates right now. We can try to change that system. Meanwhile, we have to work within it. And all right, they're greedy. Accepted. We can still make them do science. Incentivize crunching. Now they'll get both the money from incentivized crunching and they will get the um, prestige, I suppose, that comes with it, the goodwill that their project does. You know, it's the reason that IBM does the, the corporate responsibility project, World Community Grid, is it gets them, it's, it's a responsible thing for them to do, but also distributed computing is a massive industry that's taking off, um, starting to take off at least. And IBM is heavily invested in it. They developed homomorphic encryption, right? They see the writing on the wall. They're probably going to, uh, I'm not going to speculate on that. I bet you they don't dislike incentivized crunching. Uh, but within the crypto space itself, there are half a dozen projects at least that are working on decentralized crunching. Um, several of them have... Um, actually spoken to some people high up on in, in Boyk's development ladder uh, and then disappeared with people's money. Many, several of, uh, of the, the organizations uh, still exist as well. Uh, Gridcoin is one. The reason I contribute to Gridcoin is because it's been around for a long time and it has it really proven its intent at this point if it's still around. Uh, newer projects still have to prove that they're here for the right reason and are really trying to develop in the name of science. Uh, we're, so Sackpop asks, uh, how would you tackle the liquidity issue with cryptocurrency? We're not going to get into that here, but that is the, there is no such thing as a liquidity issue in cryptocurrency. That's a technical problem that is being solved actively, uh, and it's just a talking point. For example, PayPal is developing ways to uh, build a multi-currency economy, but that, the answer to that question is very complex and will take a little bit. So we're not going to get into it. Uh, I would recommend joining the Gridcoin fireside and talking about crypto questions there uh, because this is still the Boink, Boink Radio. Um, your question above, uh, when you say having it come installed in the operating systems from the beginning, uh, are you talking about Boink itself? Having Boink installed in an operating system? Okay, because that is what Charity Engine does, I'm pretty sure. They have it pre-installed uh, as a package with some other software, not an operating system. Uh, and then I think you have to opt out to it. I personally don't like that business plan pre-installed without user having control. You should opt in. You should always opt in to whatever is running on your computer. Always, 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 always. Um, Delta would love that because that's an old uh, free free beer, free, free software thing. <laughs> uh, 
I do want to remind people, Barton brings up a good point here. Uh, when you do get into incentivized crunching, there are people who will take advantage of it and try to uh, basically, let, let's assume non-malevolence and just um, lack of critical thinking. <laughs> if you're a college student or an employee somewhere that has a computer lab, do not install Boink on it and get incentivized. First of all, don't install Boink on it without permission. Uh, and especially do not install Boink on it and then sign up for an incentivization program without their permission. That is highly illegal. Uh, the first one is against terms of service and you'll probably get fired. Uh, the other one is like, you are destroying hardware, <laughs> you're using electricity and making profit off the side from it. That uh, gray area at least, I would, uh, if I was a judge, I'd throw the book at them for that one. No, you want to get permission. You need to get permission uh, for any computer, any hardware that is not yours before you use it. Um, oh, I think he was talking about the bloatware question. Yeah. Uh, all right. Are there any other questions about incentivized crunching or any, any other thoughts on it? Are people like very positive towards it? Um, we're going to have a whole company in here next week, Leyline, coming to talk uh, about their project, which is a form of incentivized crunching. Uh, so I, I'm going to enjoy talking to them about this and how we can use games because incentivization is game theory, but not gamification. Uh, there's a gamification part to it. Like you are keeping score. Money is keeping score, but that's like a philosophical question. But the game theory is how do you make someone who's greedy contribute in a positive way to society uh, instead of just letting them become like uh, Carnegie. Um, Sackpop asks, is there a way of replicating gridcoin payout systems with fiat currency or must it be cryptocurrency? Um, I don't know why anyone would want to use a fiat currency ever in their life. It's a ridiculous system that's dying very rapidly. Uh, but no, <laughs> there is not. The way you use fiat currency is through a centralized distribution mechanism where you would have someone with $1,000 already saying you get a dollar you get a dollar you get a dollar with cryptocurrency you put math into a set of computer code that distributes stuff automatically but again fiat is dying uh it, it is you can say no 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 that's hogwash but let's talk again in five to ten years uh other thoughts are people neutral on incentivized crunching um well that's a good question haggis how does the cheating that was touched on last week affect things when real money is involved uh so when you add incentivization, in my opinion, you incentivize cheating as well. Uh, so what has to be done is you have to develop mechanisms and, uh, well, first you develop rules. And if those rules can be put into computer code, you do that. Uh, there are, so blockchain itself, which is the thing that creates a cryptocurrency, uh, has these rules hard coded in it. And when someone cheats, they don't get rewarded and they get kicked off the network. So. Uh, you can do some stuff like that. If you can't put the rule in computer code, you have to develop a mechanism around it. Uh, that mechanism is generally based on game theory, where it would, let's use Bitcoin for example, it's theory that has proven practical over, uh, over 10 years now, um, 10 plus years, um, is that it will cost more to cheat the system than to just play fairly within the system. Therefore, people will probably just play fairly within the system. Uh, and those that try to cheat the system will uh, essentially make their own Bitcoin that won't be worth anything. And that has proven true so far. Uh, so that's one tool you can use. If you make it more expensive to cheat the system than to play within the system, why would someone cheat the system unless they're a malevolent actor? And so you have to consider, all right, what if a, an adversary wants to take down the, the, the system? Uh, you have to set up a, a mechanism whereby everyone can recognize the cheater and just exclude them from the network. There are ways in cryptocurrency to do that as well. It's very difficult to stop cheating in fiat systems if you're doing a centralized reward system. It's very difficult to do it um, because you don't have these rules set in code, set in mechanisms that are open source that everyone can read and change and improve. Um, that said, there, you have to always continue to consider, well, what if someone figures out a way to cheat the system? Uh, and there are ways to mitigate damage done by cheating the system. At the end of the day, if someone cheats the system, it's bad, right? So what Gridcoin does, for example, uh, is uses Rack. Rack is a way to, to 
mitigate people cheating the system. If someone does cheat and get uh, um, bad credit, essentially, which first of all, they have to get through boinks like wingman checks and all this stuff uh, that is continuously being improved with boinks security features. Um, so they, first they get through that. So they're earning bad credit. Uh, you can over time sort of gauge whether or not someone's cheating the system. Uh, and Rack, the way we use Rack makes it so that it will take them a very long time to actually benefit a lot by cheating. So first that makes it expensive. They must continuously cheat. Uh, and, and and not slip up right and second it once they get caught it, it's like well did they really get uh get that much out of it uh but then even after you you put in those smoothing functions that make it uh less profitable to cheat you still have to consider what if someone cheats the system and at the end of the day every system can be cheated what if someone commits tax fraud what if someone dodges the draft what if someone right so Cheating exists in every system, and it's just a matter of reducing the risk of it and reducing the harm done from it. And with some game theory, you can uh, make it actually profitable to stop cheaters. Uh, cryptocurrency uses that concept whereby everyone in the network is working to make sure no one cheats the network, because if the network is cheated, then everyone loses every the, the value of that network is significantly reduced. So everyone is actually watching the network looking for cheaters actively because they're incentivized to do so. Uh, so that's how cryptocurrency deals with cheating uh, in an incentivized uh, way, in an incentivized crunching. I'm looking forward to asking this question to, to the folks from Leyline actually next week because I'm interested in how they're going to deal with cheating because it is a, a huge question in the space uh, everywhere when you have money. How do you deal with cheaters? <laughs> how do you people how do you deal with people who uh fudge their time sh uh time sheets right like you didn't work eight hours why did you put eight hours how do you catch that person how do you keep people from doing it um that that sort of thing uh sack pop asks would you make uh the goal for incentivized crunching to actually profit from crunching or would it be subsidized to cover costs i think both are good uh, the subsidy over costs or to cover costs helps people who crunch because it's their passion. Uh, it doesn't necessarily bring people in. I think it will bring in a uh, a number of people because they'll they'll constant. It's a fluid thought. Um, how much does it cost to run it? How much do I like the science it does? And if those two things cross to the point where you you're willing to pay X dollars to do the thing, the science that you love, great. You're now in blank. Uh, if it's profitable, then everyone's threshold there has been crossed. You now need to only consider, well, how much time is it going to take me to set up and how much commitment? And because at the end of the day, if it's profitable, it's profitable and people will crunch it. People will do it. Uh, as long as, it, but if it's like, if it takes six days to set up, it doesn't matter if it's profitable. It would have to be very, very profitable to make me set up something for six days. I would have to be making like thousands of dollars. Um, but if if it's only slightly profitable and it's easy to set up, I don't know why anyone wouldn't do it. Uh, so the end goal really should be to make it profitable if you want to bring people into crunching. If you want to just like help people out and encourage them to get more rigs and crunch or just get more passionate about it, then it just needs to be a little bit to uh, cover costs. So really it's about your goals. And anecdotally, we can look at Gridcoin. Uh, people who, so Gridcoin had this thing called the team requirement for a very long time, where you had to be on the Gridcoin team to get rewarded with GRC, which is the, the currency, to get re rewarded with Gridcoin. And a lot of people joined the team because they're like, I'm crunching and I'm not that, uh, I apologize if you left the, your team to join Gridcoin team and you were dedicated to your previous team. But they said, <laughs> uh, I'm not that dedicated to my team. Here's a little bit of profit to cover my electricity costs. That's worth me more to me than my team. So they come and do incentivized crunching. Uh, that's a group of people, and that's a specific scenario that attracted a group of people. Now, Gridcoin recently removed the team requirement, and what is uh, what we're finding is that people are now joining or signing up to get rewarded with Gridcoin because why not? At the end of the day, there's a little money here to cover my electricity costs. Uh, so and and I don't need to leave my team, which is the reason I wasn't joining Gridcoin in the first place. Uh, so all my concerns are gone. 
why not get a little GRC? So if you expand that to profitability, and Gridcoin is not profitable right now, but if you expand that to profitability, I'm pretty sure a lot more people would think like that. Um, Sackpop continues, would there be an issue of hardware fairness? Uh, most potential crunchers don't have super hardware, so incentivization may not be enough for them to join if the payout will be too skewed to ultra strong crunchers. Uh, this, this is a great question, actually. Uh, Trying to think if I want to use Gridcoin as an example of how we approach this or talk about it first. Uh, all right, so another question that goes with this is what's your end goal? If your end goal is to get more science done, what's it matter? The more computation coming to the network, the better. So you don't care who's throwing that computation at, whether it's a hardcore gamer, whether it's Amazon Web Services, or whether it's, uh, uh, who do I want to pick on today? Or whether it's Koshi in the basement with a laptop. Uh, it, it doesn't matter. More science is more science. Uh, if your end goal is uh, science inclusion, science participation, science education, science communication, then you really want the the small players to still participate. <laughs> Sorry, Koshi. Uh, so at that point, your, your question becomes a concern. Uh, so what do you do with people who might have super hardware? Uh, what Gridcoin does is we cap it. So you can earn up to a certain amount before you have to go through a series of another of other steps to get more and those series of other steps are barriers of entry someone could technically do it uh but it, it's first of all the cap is really high second of all it's, it's just like it, it is a hurdle that people will have to overcome you have to be very very dedicated to it uh another way you can do it uh just so you know, this is a uh, question that's high level in the crypto space because it has to do with proof of work and it has to do with proof of stake as well, which are base layers to this technology, the consensus layers. Uh, so my answers are going to be incomplete, but uh, it's a very good question. Uh, so you can do it with game theory. Uh, as you crunch more, you earn less. And as you crunch less, you earn more. You can build math that does that, but that immediately... You have problems there because you can Sybil attack that where I can make a lot of like a thousand low powered accounts and get maximum rewards for those instead of just making one account with a lot of power and, and get minimum. So there's there's attacks to that, but that's a potential. I mean, it has to be explored. Um, there's also magnitude distribution, which is something we implement across Boink projects that we have in our network uh, that incentivizes people to spread out their crunching across all the whitelisted projects in a semi-flat distribution curve. Uh, and by doing that, you could have a super powerful cruncher, but if they're only crunching World Community Grid, all the smaller crunchers will go to other projects to get rewards, to get incentivized, or to get Gridcoin. So that sort of fixes the problem in, a, uh, in an indirect way. It's a very interesting solution uh, that Gridcoin's developed. Um, but if you have super powerful crunchers on all whitelisted projects, then that solution doesn't necessarily work. Uh, but there are also projects that run on hardware, like Raspberry Pis, where it's like, well, no one's going to be able to crunch this project with like a billion Raspberry Pis and manipulate the crunching power. So there's, I, I think you have to fold hardware into it. GPU projects, for example, can get huge players on them. There are mining farms that if they went onto some of these Boink projects, it would like destroy them because there's so much processing power in that mining farm. But if it's a CPU only project that runs under certain conditions with like a lot of memory, uh, then that mining farm, that processing power might not be able to do that project. So if you can think through that route, that might be a solution as well. Uh, but there's a lot to it. That is a great question. Uh, in the meanwhile, though, that's not a problem. So <laughs> if it was a problem, that's a good problem to have, in my opinion. Too much crunching. Um, Smo does remind us that positive new from, news from projects is most important. I would almost agree with you. I'd say it's very important. But as we have seen, Boink does not have a good retention rate. And uh, there are studies done by Boink that says positive news by projects is very important. Uh, it, it will keep people into the project. But there are also people that don't care about it. If it was only about positive news, everyone would be boinking because there's a lot of cool stuff that comes out of it. Everyone would join the COVID project and then not stop contributing. These COVID projects surge of people and then a couple months later, people just kind of patter out because there's no reason for them to stick around despite the positive. It's a, it's a confluence of uh, factors 
here. It's a, a complex system. You can't just say it's one thing that matters. And money is a factor. Some people do not crunch because it costs too much. So you can go the other way. Some people would crunch if they got paid. Uh, yeah, yeah, Sackpop says he's thinking of people with Android devices and Chromebooks is a huge part of the market. True. So there, it's, it's an interesting problem that I think can be solved through uh, a variety of ways, probably in combination. Uh, because at the end of the day, if we're trying to build the world's largest supercomputer by a factor of a thousand, by connecting all the phones in the world, all these phones are tiny. And so each individual is really contributing only a small amount, but together it's a giant network. Uh, so it is a problem that if we succeed, we'll have to overcome, right? Uh, because there will be so many phones out there. Uh, we're reaching about an hour here. Um, the whole point of this episode is just to introduce the concept of incentivized computing because it is out there, whether it's Gridcoin or not. And again, I think it, it, it will and should be Gridcoin. But whether it's Gridcoin or not, someone is going to come out with a platform that is incentivized crunching uh, for distributed computing. It might not even be on Boink. It could kill Boink if it's not on Boink, to be honest, uh, because it's going to get a lot of power. Um, so... It is something that I think people need to consider. It is something that has been talked about in the past uh, and, and sort of poo-pooed, but I, I think <laughs> I shouldn't use that phrase <laughs> also, <laughs> that uh, it should be uh, reconsidered in the future. Um, and at the end of the day, if you are here purely to contribute to Boink, consider that uh, the incentivized systems bring a lot of people to Boink to contribute. Delta, for one, comes from Gridcoin. Uh, a lot of people who can... Um, I'm just making sure there's nothing left in the chat here before we sign out. All right, that said, I'm very much looking forward to talking to the Leyline folks next week, uh, Friday, 5 p.m. Eastern, here on the Boink Network Discord, where we get to hear about uh, their theory around incentivizing crunching, how they want to do it, uh, and how they want to, uh, I've talked to them a little bit. They're not just here to pay you for crunching. They see problems with Boink and they want to fix them. And they think incentivizing people is one way to fix them. So I'm also looking forward to talking about the problems they see within Boink and, and how, how else they want to fix them, what they want to do with it. Uh, it seems like a very interesting project. So uh, do join us, ask them questions next week, get engaged uh, again next Friday, 5 p.m., here on the uh, Boink Network Discord server. Have a great week, everyone.